May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, how are we all doing tonight? Great. Right, good. Glad to hear it. Well, I wanted to bring this to your attention. The first time I visited Florida was when I was eight years old. I was living in Amarillo, Texas, where, that's where I was born and raised, and of course, my family for the whole year had been planning what a lot of people around the world do. They were planning that trip to Orlando to go to Disney World, and of course, we set that and were given it as a, as a Christmas gift, and then we would go in the summer, and my dad, for that whole time, between the Christmas giving and then when we actually got on the ground in Orlando, he decided to start persuading me that it was time for me to ride a real roller coasters. And at the little bitty amusement park where I grew up, there's, not, there's things that are like roller coasters, but not really. So, and I know to a lot of people, Space Mountain at Disney World is not much of a roller coaster, but when you're eight and when you've never been on one before, it's a big deal. And my dad was trying to make it a, you know, conquer your fear, ride of passage, time to become a man type of event. So, of course, we get there. And I'm nervous, but I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And so we get in that hour and a half line. I hear it's a little longer these days. But we get in that line, and, of course, they've got all those holograms of the meteors and the comets flying everywhere in the sky. And then you can hear either the people having a good time on the ride or, or screaming and crying as they're riding it. And, you're, you know, that anticipation, especially if you've never done it before, begins to build. And I don't know, when, when I got to that, you know, the, you see the family in front of you get on and go, and then you're next to get, to get on. I don't know why he did it, but a kid a little bit older than I was, he must have been scared as well. So he just started screaming and tears started flowing. And I, my first reaction was right for the exit. Like, Dad, I do not want any part of this. Let's get out of here. We, and he said, we waited all this time. Son, I've got you. Let's go do this. So he talked me into it. And of course, riding it, I screamed and was scared to death. But right when I got off, I said, Let's do it again. And instead of riding anything else, we just kept standing in that line and riding Space Mountain over and over and over again that day. I chose that story as an illustration to open up roller coasters. Since March, or even before March, for some of us, our lives have been a roller coaster. So, you know, the, the great highs, the plummeting lows, and those, those curves that come that you can't even see, our lives have been and continue to be like a roller coaster. And then as we consider roller coasters, we have Paul and his epistle to the Romans, a section of it tonight that Darla read for us. It's like a theological roller coaster, if you will, in which we have great highs, abounding lows, and some more of those unseen things that are coming at us. So I thought roller coasters would serve well as we consider our lives and where we are now and into the future ahead, as well as what Paul would have for us tonight in that reading of the eighth chapter of Romans. So let's consider the, those things. First, Paul talks about, he opens up with the great joy and the great hope for us all that one day, 
because of what Jesus has done on the cross and because of his resurrection and God's power in our lives, one day we will recognize our adoption, our full adoption, and when we will be with God face to face in the place where he is. And when that time happens, we will fully know the glory of God. And we hear that we are adopted sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. We hear, we hear that we are heirs, not just with God. Everything that God is, everything that God has is our inheritance that will be fully bestowed upon us when we enter that time of full realization, full communion of God when we, when we will be with him. It'll be that day where there is no more suffering, no more pain in this broken world of ours. That's a future joy that God says to us. He, can you imagine? There's the roller coaster. You're climbing and climbing and climbing. And you get to that, that peak to where, oh my gosh, when you realize that what Paul is trying to tell us of what our inheritance for the kingdom of God will be. But then all of a sudden we hit that drop. And he says, in the present time, though, you have that to look forward to, but in the present time, you are going to know great suffering. And he talks about sharing with suffering in the cross of Christ as we are co-heirs with Christ. And it's, it's the theological point that made is that the crown has to come, or the, the cross has to come before the crown. And then he talks about the suffering of the present age in which they, in his original audience, the Romans, were going through. But oh my gosh, how scripture tends to read us instead of just reading it. Think of the suffering that we, as people of Christ, as the children of Christ, continue to go through in our whole world. I just, I've been, this past week was spent a lot of time on the phone and on Zoom calls with some of our families and some of our teachers as there's looming deadlines. My family, for my son Jackson, we had to decide last Friday if we were going to do the five days a week brick and mortar or a distance learning for nine weeks or all year. And just my wife and I talked about how we, there were some tears and there was some frustration and anger. Why do we even have to be making that type of decision? And just talking and connecting with some of our other families, their emotions, fear, anxiety have been all over the place and having to make decisions like that. Talk about a broken world at this point in these days in which we're living. And then I've talked to some people who their loved ones, either in the past weeks, have moved on to that great glory that Paul points out to or they're in their last days. And they, they didn't want all these precautions and things we're having to do to keep safe right now. It's keeping them from grieving in the normal way that they know how to grieve and they just don't know what to do with it. And they don't want their loved one to go out in the world like this. But at least that promise that Paul talks about, I could go on and on about the suffering of this world, racism, all the isms that are born out of fear, oppression, and hatred, we know it. We've seen it before a pandemic hit, and after the pandemic is over, whenever that happens, the world is going to continue to throw these things at us. Paul warns us and wants us to get in touch for our reality, brokenness, 
suffering and anguish are real. One day they will go away, never to come again, but it's going to be, we don't know when that time will be. Talk about the roller coaster, the highest high of knowing our full promise and inheritance as children of God in his kingdom, and then all of a sudden, but hey, here's your parting gift, suffering for your entire life. But then here's one of those that comes. Paul always points to that future joy that's coming. But he uses some words which helps us understand the meantime. In this day by day, in this broken world, as we live our lives of faith, he gives us a few clues of how, not just to look to the future and then that hope that will come, but how not to let that sadness and brokenness that's in the world crush us. We see in the lines in Romans that our great hope in this day-to-day walking in the broken world comes from our salvation and our faith in that salvation and how in gathering like we do in studying the word and praying together and as we will come forward for the sacrament, the Holy Spirit is all around us and given to us and resides in our hearts and continues to transform us, to grow us into a mature faith where we realize even though there is suffering in this world, our joy comes from the hope of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is what what it says in the language Paul uses is a first fruit realizing that we are, the legal papers have been signed, that we are, uh, we do belong to Christ in our identity. But until we are removed from that, until the second coming happens or until we go to be with God before that happens, we will have the brokenness of the world to deal with. So there's kind of this, as we're living in that both and, in these days of brokenness, and yet fully knowing as we are made to be in the image of Christ day after day in our lives, there's this kind of duality that sets up. If I was to pick some perspectives on what Paul would tell us to help try to understand this this theological reality he has set before us in this part of Romans If you're a child, a student, and whether you're going to do online school or whether you'll be in brick and mortar, that 2.45, you've been in school all day long, you're a little tired, and you're constantly waiting for that 2.45 for school to be out where you can go and do other things with your family and your friends. That waiting is what we do with a, a joy that comes backed by it, a promised joy. Or if you are of the male persuasion, as my, my wife and I were talking about this, and that time where, where our 10-year uh, anniversary is next month, and we were talking about how that, that tradition of the bride stays locked away all day and you're not supposed to see her getting ready, and then that, that moment bu- builds where the door opens and she comes out in a type of beauty you've never seen before. And as a groom, you're standing there watching her come down the aisle and that beauty and that joy of that life that is now yours. That is what life is like in a life of faith. And when we're walking through, looking to that future joy, but living with the Holy Spirit daily and the recognition of what is and then what will be coming behind it. 
And finally, Paul actually uses this, and Ashley and I talked about the time of our, as we've been talking about school and all of those things, we went back and, and calmed ourselves and talked about when both of our sons were born. And she said, she, her heart has never known a greater joy that we, uh, she got pregnant and then we had that nine months of her body changing and the good and the bad that comes with all of that. And then the, the pain that comes with the minute of childbirth, however long that takes, followed by the final, those little bundles of joy being placed in her arms. Paul likens that and says the creation calls out in childbirth in his letter tonight to the Romans, the creation cries out to the time when all will be made right. When all the suffering and the brokenness and the sin within us and around us will no longer be. And the new heavens and the new earth come and are made a reality. That's what Paul has for us. Talk about a roller coaster ride. But it ends for all of us in bringing us comfort and encouragement. The reality that there is going to be brokenness and it will remain for an unforeseen time. But in Paul's words, but the glory that's going to come behind it will pale that in comparison and should be our hope. But in the meantime, walk with that Holy Spirit and see the seal that it is. And we have the promises and the church, each other, the Holy Spirit living within us to share that with. All honor, praise, and glory be to our Lord and Savior who makes this reality possible for us all. Amen.